0: Why does Boston market taste so good? <laughs> salt. It's mostly salt. That it's mostly is, salt. It's 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 food that got onto a plate of salt.
1: Yeah, look, your <laughs> tongue isn't supposed to be bleeding after you eat ham. That's just that's just that's just the generosity of uh, the, the, the of mashed salt. potatoes.
0: The mashed potatoes aren't supposed to be crunchy,
1: right? <laughs> you know what that is? It's salt, baby. Neither is the water, and <laughs> but you can't get enough. You can't you get can't, enough.
0: You can't get enough. And you know what else you can't get enough of? What? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hi. And today, we're starting oh. a brand new book. Oh, boy. Here we go. It is...
1: Ticka, ticka, Halo
0: Outcast. Yes. By Troy Denning. Yeah. 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 And you might be asking like, "Whoa, this game, this, this game, this book is not even out yet." And you're right. It's, it's true. not even it's it's going to be out in like a couple days from this first episode. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, we're reading it early, uh, courtesy of the publisher.
1: Yes. Yeah. Full so. disclosure: uh, Gallery Books contacted us, and uh, and asked if we would like to cover this book on our show. Uh, and uh, we're not being paid for this, but we are also, you know, this is this is something that was provided to us early, uh, gratis, gratis. So yeah, look at that. We got we right. got some early ARC copies, and. Uh, yeah. So, all of the, now to be fair, all of the nice things we're going to say uh, are, are still our genuine feelings. Uh, but, still uh, genuine
0: feelings. It's just, yeah.
1: you know what I love is when we get something for free and then
0: we, we can say nice things about it. Yeah. Because yeah, the opposite would be terrible.
1: We have, spent, <laughs> we have spent money on things that we hated. <laughs> and 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 so far, the things that we've gotten for free have been pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. It may, so if if you think that we can be bought uh, with a couple of free uh, advanced uh, novels. Uh, I mean, you're kind of right, but not really. Like, we're still going to, you know, we're, we're going to say what we mean. Right. Still, yeah,
0: it's a little bit right. We're still a little bit right, yeah.
1: You're, we're still, where'd the spoon come from? I don't, um, that, was <laughs> a, that was a random <laughs> implement you just brought out of nowhere. Just, there is no spoon. I,
0: I, I thought I, 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 I was grabbing, like, a pen. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Sizing your point with a pen, and it turned out to be a spoon.
0: It's just like uh, you know, a pen makes sense, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. But a spoon doesn't really. Anyway, we can be bought. That was the point. Uh, You know how we can buy us? Where's a website that somebody can go if they wanted to buy us?
1: Oh, let's say that you guys wanted to buy us. I would recommend first and foremost Patreon.com/slash/PixelLitPod, where you can join up on any number of one of three tiers, or actually a fourth free tier, am I correct in that, sir? Yeah, yeah. You could go
0: ahead and just become a free member. And, you know, that's an easy way to follow us. Yeah, be a part of the community. Be a part of the community. If you don't want to be on the social media anymore, and I understand you. And I get it. I totally understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, An easy way to, to follow
1: our updates is use the free membership option on Patreon. Absolutely. Do that. Follow us around. And that is where we post a lot of our bonus material, including as of the recording of this, our first two episodes of our deep dive into the 1989 cartoon series, The Legend of Zelda. Uh, And by the time this comes out, we'll have had four episodes out. I think,
0: yeah, we'll have been all the way through The Legend of Zelda and and into uh, 1997.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we've got bonus stuff coming. Uh, More stuff than you can shake an angry spoon at. there it is, yeah. So please, check out patreon.com slash pixelitpod. Do it today. Do it today. The spoon commands you. Please, don't uh, don't right. anger the spoon.
0: So, Phil, um, you just did the Patreon chill, so I'm going to give you a break and okay. talk a little bit about what, uh, if you don't know, the book is based on Halo, right? This is our mm.
1: fifth, how many Halo books have we read? This is Five? our fifth, I think, yeah. Fifth? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely the franchise we've covered the most. And But honestly, of everything we've touched, it's the franchise that has the most material. They keep yes. pumping these books out. It, a- so. it
0: has the most material. We are going to be covering Halo for a while.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so Halo Outcast, there's a note at the beginning. It takes place before the events on Halo Zeta, which means it is taking place before the last book that we read which was Rubicon Protocol. So mm-hmm. Rubicon Protocol, which was released first, hasn't happened yet. And Rubicon Protocol was the direct prequel story to Halo Infinite. Yes. Halo Outcasts, meanwhile. The two main characters are uh, Thel um, and and Olympia Vale, right? Mm-hmm. Who are characters? Uh, Vadam has been in, and I'm pr- sure I'm saying that wrong because there's apostrophe in apostrophe in there. But Vadam has been in a bunch of other of the Halo games. Uh, he was in charge. He was he was in charge the in charge of the fleet that glassed Reach, etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh, Olympia Vale was from Halo Five. She was a character in Halo Five. This book, more or less bridges the events between Halo 5 in which Cortana basically becomes an evil tyrant overlord Mm -hmm. um, and the events of Halo Infinite so this is kind of like that that gap in between yeah um so yeah that's that's where that's where we are in terms of what video games is this based on it's based on that space between Halo 5 and Halo Infinite
1: Yes, yes, and this is part of a standalone series anyway. So, it's it's, uh, this one isn't part of any of the trilogies, any of the series. Is 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 so you're able to hop in there and just go, uh, which
0: is yeah. By the way, everything I just said, I looked up some of it, but most of it gets explained during the course of the book. So you you don't have to know uh, as long as you're familiar with like the concept of Halo, the video game. You don't really need to. Know a whole lot because uh, unless you you're afraid of getting spoilers on mm-hmm. the games that you haven't played, right. um, you don't have to know a whole lot. They, a lot of it gets you get caught up easily.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So who's Troy Denning? Oh, Troy Denning, you ask. I, I gotta tell you, I, every time we do one of these, I, I I look forward to looking up the authors here because there's that feeling of like. I don't always know the names of these guys, and there's always something crazy surprising and exciting uh, that I find out, like, well, not always, but a lot of the times. And this is one of those times. Uh, Troy Denning actually started his career as a game designer in 1981 for TSR. Uh, Wow. Yeah. This guy is old school. He has got- Did he
0: work on Dungeons and Dragons? He worked on Dungeons
1: and Dragons. Not only did he work on Dungeons and Dragons, he co-created the Dark Sun setting, which is one of my favorite settings. Wow. Yeah. He worked with Brom. He worked with Tim Brown, Mary Kirchhoff. He worked with a lot of like excellent legends within- This would uh, have just uh, been advanced
0: D&D, right? That he worked on, right? Yeah, Yeah. Because first edition is- 70 something to because
1: yeah yeah this would have been this would have been advanced second edition Which is I, second it, edition I yeah forget. it gets very it gets very i forget the years for but me. yeah yeah no but he he worked on some really cool original stuff for game design and while he was doing that and after he was doing that, he he wrote, uh, let's see, he wrote five novels for the Dark Sun series. Uh, he wrote about over a dozen Forgotten Realms novels. Wow. Um, he has written, this is his seventh Halo book, and possibly the thing that he would be best known for is he wrote about a dozen Star Wars books. Uh, wow. Books that are all now, I believe all of them are now considered in the, uh, what do they call that, the Legends... Oh, the Legends canon. Yeah, yeah, which is whatever. But he he wrote The Swarm War and Tatooine Ghost, and a few of these that I have absolutely read, uh, and it was really cool to, to, to uh, see them put up again. So this guy has worked on some big damn franchises and uh, has yeah. really left his, uh, his thumbprint on them. And it's really impressive to me because... He is—he's—he's he's up there with Alan Dean Foster and some of the other old-school fantasy writers that we have talked about, um, who laid a lot of groundwork, but were very much of their time. Uh, but as we're going to get into with this, Troy Denning is an exceptionally modern writer,
0: mm. uh,
1: and uh, so it uh, finding out that he wasn't just some up-and-coming guy that I just. I've actually read read his work before. Uh, that he is old school as shit uh, made all of this that much more impressive. Uh, right, it's really cool.
0: And um, sometimes we say modern versus old school, and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a uh, a it's not a detraction against the older old school writers. No, I think usually when we say that it means that a lot of times, modern writers, especially in science fiction have a little bit more, uh, they tend to layer in other genre tropes or other genre tones into the science fiction, if that makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Um, so like halo outcasts is very much, uh, it's almost like a it's between military and political thriller. You yeah. know. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think that's it, and that's what's funny is whereas the old school writers, it's it an old school fantasy novel is is far more straightforward. It's simpler. Sure. It's there's nothing wrong with that. It's a dungeon crawl. Who doesn't like a dungeon crawl? It's awesome. Um, whereas. And that, But that's been done so much that modern writing tends to, like Kevin said, Subvert involve... A little bit by adding some other elements to yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it tends to be a little more complex and that sort of thing. Yeah. And for a lot of people, and for a lot of writers, that means that some people read it and roll their eyes and go, Jesus Christ, just tell a fucking story. Um, but when it's done well, that's where you get your Game of Thrones. That's where you get the big classics. And uh, Troy Denning has skirted both sides sure. of that aisle. And I find that really impressive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean being a big being somebody who had such an impact on the fantasy genre, um, not only writing all those those D D books, but mm-hmm. but his work with the game itself. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge impact on just the genre to begin with. And yeah. then also then jumping over to science fiction is is a pretty interesting um it, it's something that you don't see that often you no, know you don't people see th- tend to
1: stick to one or the other right
0: exactly so obviously there's exceptions to all these rules but just saying it's he seems like a seems like a, he's had a neat career you know yeah
1: yeah he really has it's really it's a it's a very if you get a chance guys check out his bibliography it's pretty impressive it's pretty cool
0: yeah. 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 All right. So, as as we do though, uh, no matter how much we like the book or dislike the book, the only thing that happens next is
1: we got to put the body in the marsh. Let's let's do that. Let's put that dang old body in that dang old marsh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. What
0: can't you believe? I spent all fucking night dragging the poor bastard in the uh okay so halo Outcast by troy denning uh, as i mentioned it starts with a historian's note that it takes place right before uh the events of on halo zeta uh the Halo uh so that's rubicon protocol and halo infinite chapter one uh was, is told from the point of view of arbiter Thelvedam who is considering how to handle the chidons who are kind of like the governor's of the sanghealy in order to unite them i just said a bunch of words <laughs> that you don't get yet <laughs> uh-huh. if you're not like if you're not into the halo stuff the Sangheili are the are the ones that are are where the enemies in the game who are normally called elites mm-hmm. um arbiter thel is like he's like the president of the sanghealy but he has not much power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't do a whole lot. <laughs> he's stuck in stuck in bureaucratic hell, basically. And there's a bunch of there, the Sangheili have a bunch of different worlds that they they occupy, and each world has like a kaidan, and that's that's a governor. Yeah. And he he's basically like, what am I going to do with with these with these folks? You know, Sang, the Sangheili aren't very united. They have all these different factions um he vadan was once a high-ranking official in the covenant um now that's a Sangheili and the humans are allied he's doing his due diligence to unite his own people yeah uh and he became the arbiter who was responsible for dealing with disagreements between the different factions of Sangheili. um while they're driving they're stopped at a checkpoint by cortania's minions called and this is a this is a uh, a word I, I had to look up, and then I, when I first searched it, you know what the first thing that came up? So the word is Armager. Uh-huh. And when you search Armager, there's mm-hmm. the definition... And then there's Warhammer 40K stuff.
1: Ah, yes. (laughs) Of course there is. If you find an old word that used to be like a Roman term for military whatevers, but you're right. Holy shit. You put an armature and hit the image search, and it is, I'm going down the page, and I okay, there's one thing here for Raid Shadow Legends that is not 40K. Holy shit. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. That. They have, the have, uh, Games Workshop has good and rightly just taken that word. Just taken that. You know. If it's, wow. It's like they made that word up.
0: Like, yeah. Oh no, it's an old word. They didn't. Yep. Um, I love that shit. That's hilarious. That's you know uh, an old TSR guy using throwing that word in there. It makes sense. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Talk about that at the next TSR versus Games Workshop I, softball game.
1: I've read, I've read about how I've read about how <laughs> Gary Gygax had this book, this old book full of words that just weren't used anymore. That was the whole point of the book. It was like one of these novelty books, and it was and it was like words that had lost usage, had gone, and that's where so many of these words that he chose from, uh, chose that have now in geek communities become actual words again. Uh, you know, and he found orc and shit like that. It's it's hilarious. I love that stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like uh, like uh, who who was using sanguine uh, or <gasps> sanguinary or or something like that, yeah, that before?
1: Yeah, before Warhammer.
0: Uh, <laughs> before Warhammer or, or Magic the Gathering yep, use use yep. the word a lot. I, um, so I love that stuff. That's really fun. Yeah, I I, I do too. So they're stopped by the armatures. They're basically the cops. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're the MPs, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the cops that Cortana deploys to these uh, to these cities. And uh, the cops are like, can we talk to you? And uh, there's an entire living complex, like an apartment building or whatever, that was destroyed mm. by some sort of fight. Uh, and, the, and the armagers are like, what do you know about it? And Evdam's Ev- 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 like, I don't know. I, I just got here, man. <laughs> 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 and then they take take his and his bodyguard's guns and send them on their way. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a really well written scene. It's hard to describe how tense this it's scene tense. actually becomes. Yeah. Right
1: off the bat. You know what it actually made me think of? It made me think of twenty four. Yeah, uh, it was that level of like just everyone's like looking this way and looking that way. Someone bites their lip, you know, and you're just waiting yeah, for because the
0: shot to be fired. The dam is with his bodyguards and he's like trying to like communicate to his bodyguards not to do anything. Right. Well, <laughs> and, the, and there's these cops and they're like and they're like. All right, we're just gonna like take all your guns. They're they're go. They go into the car. They're taking the guns up. There's like guns up on hooks on the wall, and then there's like um, there's like yeah, and your your energy swords. which are, you know uh, you know have to, they have classic, to classic kind of classic classic elite weapon. Yeah, um, and then the he, he the arbiter's like, oh, well, how can I protect myself? And then the armagers are like. Uh, it's no longer your obligation to protect yourself. We are here to protect you. Okay. It's, it's okay, armatures. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I, I so, believe you. I believe you. Protect yeah. and serve. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chapter two uh, Vidam continues on his way back to his estate. Uh, While speaking with his bodyguards about the nature of Sangheili pride, uh, the antagonism that happens in the high council meetings, uh, and his bodyguards are talking about how they think he has to strike first against the tyrant if he learns of an attack. And there's one point where Vedam is like, he doesn't answer because Uh he's like, I can't say no if i say no i'll lose face and if i say yes then i'm just dumb <laughs> you know <laughs> like I can, he just like remained silent <laughs> they get back to back to his place and uh vedam's butler basically that they, they call him a keep master so he's basically the butler uh-huh. uh yeah. uh Kuvadami, uh comes out and meets them at their crav or their car whatever uh and tell to tell them about a visitor uh, Vidam assumes it's Olympia Vale, the Spartan who lives nearby and is a liaison between him and the UNSC. Uh, but it's not. It's an oath warden. And I couldn't stop calling them an oath keeper uh-huh. um, in my yep. head. And I'm like, well, where was this guy
1: on January 6th? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like they somebody they could have used. He's actually effective.
0: <laughs> so... Um, He's basically a hitman or mercenary that people hire to make sure that people keep their promises.
1: I love this concept <laughs> so much.
0: If You're you find out somebody
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you find out someone broke an oath, these guys they're just weirdly traditional. Of course they get paid for it, but they're also like these weird quasi religious fanatics like But nobody
0: everybody looks down on like they have yeah. they have no status. Everybody hates them. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because everyone wants to lie, Kevin. Because everyone wants to break their promises. That's why. That's why, (laughs) yeah. World full of dogs, Kevin. (laughs) But yeah, it's such an interesting concept. It really is. Um,
0: I think that actually be a neat uh, D&D antagonist. Yeah. Like if you were running a campaign with a... um, uh, with a paladin in it, and mm-hmm. it's a paladin that breaks the oath. And oh, then, that'd be
1: amazing! Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? Like, that'd be really cool. Like, yeah,
0: there, you get you get word that the or, the oath warden is coming for you, or something like. Yeah. that. <laughs> that would be fun.
1: Like, and, and, and it's and, and, just
0: like a stalker. And I, I've been I've been wanting to run a D anD D campaign with like maybe a, a little bit of a stalker enemy where I'm just doing like silent rolls every time they show up to a town. they're yeah. just rolling, and if I it, love hits, it. If it's like over, it has to be like uh, over a certain number. So it would start at like ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it would be like, all right, a one percent chance, right? right? But every time they go somewhere, it re- the DC on it reduces.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I love it. I think that's great. I, I yeah, that would be hilarious. I'd love
0: that. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Um. So the Earth Warden, um. So Vedam meets the Oath Warden in his Grand Hall, which has been totally stripped of any electronics. Uh, basically, the only way to make sure that Cortana hears nothing is that there's nothing electronic in the entire room. Yes. They have to it go has to be a,
1: full Luddite to, to it protect It has to be themselves. a clean
0: room in order for it to work. It's,
1: I mean, it makes sense. It's that Yeah. Uh,
0: they talk a little bit about the... Um, he has these installations on the walls that tell the history of his, his like ancestors and his, his like journey so far through life, the stuff that he's done and uh, and things like that. Um, and uh, the oath warden comes in and lays out his case. Hmm. He's looking for someone that was living in that complex that got destroyed. Um, and the d- destruction happened because of confusion between the people that lived there and some Cortana drones, and like just gunfight. A gunfight broke out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking for a woman named Keeley Ayuska, a Xeno archaeologist who was doing work on pre-Forerunner technology, and was hired by the client that he was also hired by. Keely has gone into hiding after taking the money. Basically, she may have discovered a pre-Forerunner we- weapon that was able to destroy a Guardian, yes. which is something that can destroy a planet by itself. I looked up I, I looked up uh, Guardian just to see a picture of it. It's one of the things in Halo Five. Um, I don't know why. Whenever I I, I I was thinking Guardian, though, the thing that popped into my head was uh, Nimrod. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you're not
0: that far off. He's a little smoother. <laughs> I mean, Nimrod is like, you know, uh, not not the biblical Nimrod, the Marvel one. But yeah, not, duh. What do, you think? what do you think, Google? The pink one. Uh, the pink one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kept thinking, uh, for some reason, Nimrod kept popping into my head. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I like his design. I mean,
1: yeah, I think it makes sense. I use them in my Marvel Snap deck.
0: Oh, you do? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. He's a good. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's, he's there. To good guy, things. that Nimrod. Good guy, that Nimrod. He's oh, yeah. uh, He's a. He's a definitely a villain. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> bad, guy. Uh, the, <laughs> bad, bad guy. Very guy, very bad, bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, Cle- Keeley's client would get first pick of whatever she found there, and Vadam realizes. Um, that if the client, if the humans got it first, they wouldn't need the Sangheili. And if any of the Kaidons were getting it, that means they could con- take control over the rest of the Sangheili. So he's like, okay, so we have to go find this thing. Chapter three, Olympia Vale is at her house, and she's been paging Vadam to figure out what's been going on with the armagers all day. Uh, she also goes through her other contacts, including a human who works at Kolar Manufacturing, which is a Sangheili uh, ship manufacturer. Uh, while she's thinking about this, she notices a transport driving up the road to her house, um, and she gets ready in case it's something dangerous, and the driver throws something out the window and continues on. And it's this little pod thing, and it's a pod that makes a noise to attract—so, like, female Sangheili put it out to attract mates. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an interesting. It's like little, little little orgy pod or something. Yeah, like like it's
1: it's a I'm in heat and down to clown Charlie Brown pod. It's uh, and an it's, a it's a Sangheely
0: It's a Sangheely thing to hide the identity of the father. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, um, you're not supposed
1: which, to find out who your dad is.
0: Right. Um, so I thought that was kind of kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, she breaks the pod open because she's like, well. I'm not a Sanghealy. <laughs> and it's, she finds a matter. The, uh, she finds a message in it that is that says open the Sally port. Um well and she's like, Which well, does sound
1: ca- like something that uh, a woman would ask you to do if she wanted you to impregnate her, to be fair. Yeah. Open it right up. Open that Sally port. Open right that Sally port. Up. Um I feel bad about that one, I actually feel Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you should. I should. Um, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Don't go easy on me.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, the Sally Port's a hidden garage door that she has underneath her house that opens out to like the valley side. So like away from the road. Um, so she goes down into her underground garage and opens the door and outside is Keeley. And uh, they were friends with each other when they were younger. Uh, and they are very familiar with each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a part at which at one point, uh, I think it's it's a Olympia who says, well, you're not here to make out,
1: so what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They take, they take that subtext and make it text. They
0: make it text, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah,
1: um, Keely
0: had not seen Olympia since she went through her augmentations um, for the Spartan program. So I thought that she, was
1: a really cool touch. Like, she's shocked by... Her She's size. shocked by it because, yeah.
0: like, so so Olympia was like five five uh, when she knew her, and now is like six foot nine. Right, <laughs> it's
1: a, giant, a giant, an actual literal giant.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, uh, you know, there there's like some old childhood bullshit between them, where uh, where Keely calls her Pia. Um, which Olympia is yeah. like, I haven't got, I haven't been called by that in years. Stop calling me Stop that. Stop
1: calling me that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, someone's, oh, someone's
0: a little testy. Someone doesn't like that name. At one Ooh. point, Keeley slips and calls her Pia again. And Olympia is <laughs> like, it says like Olympia lets it slide.
1: <laughs> yeah. Eventually she just drops. She's like, Fuck,
0: whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a neat little scene. Yeah. Um, uh so Keely fills, fills Olympia in on the details about the weapon, and she's assuming uh that it's on the planet Enba or Nesca or Netherop. All the same planet. All three different it has three different names depending on who you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh but first they need to travel to Gao, the planet Gao, to find someone. Um chapter four. Vadam and his ships are already at the planet. He's left his bodyguards and butler back on Sanghelios with instructions to show themselves often to make it seem like he's still there. Uh, Vadam has some contemplative moments in this chapter, thinking about how brilliant Cortana once was and how she ultimately became the tyrant that she is today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vadam meets the other Kaidan he requests to join him in the mess hall. So there's Talit, who is this, like, Old, crotchety old man and misogynist. Uh-huh. Who uh, are they saying Healy misogynists
1: You bet there are. You, you bet your ass there are. You <laughs> know, in a world with uh, with little orgy fuck pods, you bet there are some misogynists. You bet
0: there is. Because those
1: guys still somehow get rejected by them. Singly <laughs> incels. That's all there is to it.
0: Uh, um and then uh Ola Bici, who is a badass woman who basically like she like saved an entire planet by herself and and then then took that group and she she colonized a uh uninhabited planet and the planet is named after her. Uh <laughs> it's <laughs> like he's like, oh this cause so at one point Talent's like, oh this this woman is here. Yeah. Uh, and I guess she's a kaidon, and, and Vedam's like, she's a high kaidon. like yeah. <laughs> she's the governor of her own planet. Shut the fuck up.
1: Old yeah, man. Ba- basically <laughs> tells him to get his fucking shine box. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Oh God. Um, yeah.
0: So, uh, they have these debates back and forth about w- what are the merits of actually being here? Does the tyrant already know we're here? Um, but they do realize one thing: is the tyrant feel the tyrant fears Keeley in, uh, specifically for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, like Cortana should know everything that Keeley knows. So why would Cortana be afraid of one human xeno archaeologist figuring it all out? Right. Um, meanwhile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're on the planet GAO with Olympia and Keeley, and they're landing uh, they're taking a helicopter uh, to land outside of a small settlement. Um, they're looking for someone who can guide them on Netherop. and the settlement is made of people who used to live there years ago uh, before the UNSC evacuated them to GAO. Um, this is an awesome moment. So there's these there's these guys who are just kind of like hanging outside um and Vale walks up to one of them and is like neat gun can i look at it Uh (laughs) (laughs) and just like grabs it and she rips it out of his hands and then she like she checks it and she completely disassembles it in front of him (laughs) (laughs) to look at each of the parts and then like reassembles it and she's like this is gonna point at at, us at any time is it and he's like no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, I, and I love that she's not being sarcastic. She's like, look, I really did just want to look at your gun. I haven't seen one of those in a while or something like that. It's right? Just, she wants yeah. to talk shop and everyone's treating her like a bitch. It's hilarious.
0: Right. Yeah. And then they, re- they mentioned that they have money to hire somebody and that's when things get a little testy. Uh-huh. And because, uh, the guy that she's talking to like signals something and at that moment, Vale uh, grabs the gun and shoves him into a built like inside of a building and her and Keely, like Keely, follows them in and they close the door. And um, he's like, he's like, what are you doing? You you're all surrounded now. What are you, yeah. what are you going to do? And then the woman that they actually came to see her name is uh, Fuertes comes down from the second floor And she's like, "You idiot! (laughs) Look at her. Do you think they don't? They need the armor to fight?" And he like puts. He finally puts together that Olympia is a Spartan. Right, right. (laughs) She looks like she plays for the Bulls. So let's just. uh... She can just rip your head off if she wanted to. (laughs) Lord. so the uh, Fuertes, uh was kind of the person in charge of the village that they uh, that was on Netherop, um, and she's de facto in charge now. Um, she's the person that they were looking for that they were going to pay to. They were going to hire. The problem is she has a, she's contracted some sort of prion disease Mm -hmm. Um, and prions tend to be, it's something like uh, your like proteins begin misfolding Yeah, and it's like a brain wasting type of thing.
1: It's Um, like this really interesting detail that you have to wonder, like he, he, Dennings goes into some really interesting detail on this one thing where you could have just, it could have just been anything. It could have been cancer or whatever. And, and and it's, and I wonder how much of this is going to play out as important later. Or if this is just, he was like, yeah, let's give her a weird sci-fi brain. Let's give it a weird,
0: weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Um, And it's a thing you can have happen to you. Oh, shit. I
1: thought... See, I'm an asshole. I thought they made... (laughs) You can... can, Such an asshole. I mean, that's the thing.
0: Is it sound Um, sci-fi? It's... The term prions refers to abnormal pathogenic agents that are transmissible and induce abnormal folding of specific normal cellular proteins called prion proteins that are most uh, found
1: abundantly in the brain. See... Um, that's that's the sign of a good writer. Take <laughs> take something so it's that's like something totally. That caused, yeah, <laughs> it's, so it's
0: something real. But it's like, oh, yeah, she contracted this. And it's like it. it's just life gets worse for you gradually right, as right. you as you have this thing. Um, basically, uh, so they negotiate and Fortes is like, I'm going to die anyway. Uh, but you leave the money for, for this village and I'll come with you. Yeah. And that's what they all agree on. Um, chapter six, uh, farther out in the solar system, uh, is, uh, is Atriox's fleet of the banished. Um, and they're a former covenant military group. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're just watching shit from afar. Like, these are the
1: same guys that we got to see in, uh, the last, uh, in Kelly Gay's Halo book. Yeah. The banished. Yes. They were banished.
0: Yep. Um, it's basically, so, like the covenant dissolved, yeah, and then the people who were still militaristic and still wanted to w- fight the war, even though the it's like basically the entire, you know, the the entire purpose of the covenant was perpetuated by this big lie, right? Yes, yes. And once that was exposed, the covenant fell apart. Uh, but the banished are still together because they're, you know the South will rise again,
1: I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they really are the, the, the adherents of the lost cause. That's, that's essentially what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. <laughs>
0: um, so they're watching the Arbiter's group from afar, using some sort of holographic technology to hide their presence. Um, and Atriox is speaking with Solju, who is the one who hired Keeley to find the artifacts that can kill the Guardians. Uh, and Solju also hired the Oath Warden to find Keeley. Uh, which is what kicked this whole thing off, um, and he knows a lot. He already knows that there is a weapon on this planet that can uh, destroy Guardians, just based on his own preliminary research. Mm-hmm. Um, but he needed somebody who was more familiar with this stuff, who is an expert. And there's not a—that's a thing they kind of make clear. There aren't a ton of experts in pre-Forerunner. Alien technology, yeah. Like, uh, how could Keely's there the, be? Keely is the only one who has kind of like spent time studying it, and she's a professor. She's a professor at the University of Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, um, to like teach that stuff. Yeah. Um, but and the, actually, I'll pause. That was actually a fun side discussion that I kind of like skipped over. But Keely and Olympia talking about academia. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's snappy dialogue. It's yeah,
0: really it's, snappy dialogue. Basically, yeah. Keely Keely needed the money because the O and I couldn't do it. That's why she mm-hmm. took the money in the first place. Yeah, I should have. I should have made that clear. But also, like, she couldn't like she couldn't use the university like the university wasn't going to pay her to do this. Right. <laughs> um, right. <so. laughs>
1: she's just she's just burning bridges left and right to get to this thing.
0: Yeah. Um, at the end of the chapter, there's a tau signature, which means the UNSC has now arrived. Mm -hmm. Um, and chapter seven, uh, Vedam and company have landed on a crater by a tell, which I had to look this up because I wasn't hundred percent sure. Um, so, and I was like, oh wait, tell Aviv, wait a minute. And then I I was like, tell is a mound. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a hill. But oh, it's, it's like okay. one of those one of those places that's been construct. It's a mound that's been constructed as opposed to like a natural forming one.
1: I did. I didn't put that together. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I thought that was also sci-fi. No. no. Uh, uh, more sci-fi words. <laughs> more. More uh, fake uh, bullshit.
0: Uh, I'm mean, like, tell Latin mound <laughs> for <laughs>
1: ceremonial purposes. Okay. I'm over here like. Homer Simpson being like, "You don't eat. You don't eat bacon. You don't eat pork. You don't eat ham, Dad. Those all come from the same animal. Surely, it's a, a magic animal." <laughs> that's that's what that's what this entire first third of the book has been for me, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not real. That's a thing that Troy Denning came up with." It's like, "No, that's he invented it." <laughs> yes, of course. Space, space, of course, is nonsense. Uh, what's a gime? <laughs> oh, a gime. Uh, I see.
0: <laughs> I always quote that in my head every time somebody says the word Jim. And it's one of the only jokes, it's like a joke from The Simpsons that doesn't work without the visual reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the fact that he's he sees the sign Jim and says what's a gime and walks in. <laughs> sees people walking out and then says, Oh, a (laughs) gime." I forgot about that one. Oh man. Uh, So they're down there and, uh, they're really preoccupied with some weird mirage shit that's going on off on the horizon. They're watching a shape slowly grow larger, uh, off in the distance and they're not sure is it coming towards them or not. Um, and there's just a lot of discussion about whether it's a real thing. Is yeah. it a trick of the eye? Is there a thing coming at us that we and we don't know what it is? What is going on here? And It's like I like, love this scene. So I much. love this moment. It's such a weird moment because they're like, I don't know what the
1: fuck is going on. Yeah. Uh, and And I kept stopping and second guessing myself because they're as confused as we are. And I, and I was like, am I, is, am I meant to know what's going on? I have no idea. And, and it was, no. it was, but no, we're, we we are meant to no know. No one's meant Zilch. to know what's going on. No one At knows one point, what it's great. He's like, it's like you
0: come here. And they're like, <laughs> one of the people comes down and like puts a telescope and, and they're like, yeah, it sure is a fucking thing coming yeah. towards us. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's. It's so great because they're so out of their element. It's just nobody on this, this planet, planet is doing yeah, well. This planet
0: is so alien. It's yeah. hot. It's uncomfortable. It's rocky. There's a thing there's on the, the horizon. horizon, and it
1: might be getting closer. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love it. It's such a strange way to to, to basically introduce this whole the new The water's seven.
0: changing colors. What's
1: going on here? Dogs and cats living together. Met Total hysteria. hysteria. <laughs> it's great. It's great.
0: Oh, gosh. Um, so he's like, all right, just send some ships to go that way and look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like some scuffling happening, and then the ships like fly overhead, but they're flying all weird. And he's like, What's going on there? And they're like, wait a minute. Those are humans in that ship. And um he's like, It's not it's not the UNSC because they haven't landed yet. Mm-hmm. So these these are humans that have And he like he like has like a brain explode like yeah yeah (laughs) he he realizes that that these are humans that have been marooned on these plant on this planet for like thirty years yeah
1: since the war (laughs) ended
0: since before the war ended since before here's the thing it was even before the events of the first Halo game (laughs) right that's right
1: that's right. These are these are the these are the Halo equivalent of that one Japanese guy in the jungle who thought that the war was still going on and was just living it. It's crazy. Because that was another moment I was like, wait, who are they? What the fuck is going on? It's just chaos. It's (laughs) crazy. It's so good. Everybody is
0: rushing. That's the thing I love about this story so far is every one of the characters is rushing to figure something out yes, before the other group figures it out or before Cortana realizes that people are trying to figure out. But they're going so fast that they're not really taking the time to check the fact that there's weird... Other shit happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love, there's this, there's a, they're like, they're, they're writing these, hum, there's humans and those ghosts. And said, say, well, what happened to the pilots? They're dead, sir. What? Yeah, they've been decapitated, sir. What? <laughs> <laughs> what, ha- what happened to the phantom? They're in the phantom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who like, did, who with a what now? <laughs> it's, it's, just, like, it's, it's like, well, I'm going to the phantom. like, You can't, the, the door is closing. What do you mean the door is closing? Yeah, they went into the phantom. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're going to tell me that malnourished basically feral humans have stolen our ships. Yes sir. Yes sir. <laughs> Sick. That's great.
0: And he's like he's like these are when he he puts it all together it's like, yeah, these are going to be really hard to kill people. Um. <laughs>
1: He's like, these people have been here for 30 years, so they're good at what they do. They're they're tough as nails.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so, uh, they see like, there's like a couple of their, of their people, like at the entrance of a cave who just mysteriously disappear <laughs> um, and, and Vadam and the oath warden are like there. So they start running into the cave and, uh, they run into a woman and her two
1: sons, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I, they I don't know if they ever get into it at this point, but I, but they, I assume they were too. born on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause they're teenagers. They're, yeah, yeah they're young. So she's a
0: former UNSC commander who still thinks that the war is going on. And Vadam is like trying to explain to her that the war has been over for a while now. And I'm lo- I'm reading this scene and he's like, and I'm like, I'm, t- I'm like looking at it from Vidan's point of view of like, oh, buddy, you have no point. You have no, you have nowhere to start with them. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're just, you're just you the enemy. Even- you can't even tell them about the Halos. They don't know what
1: those are. Right, yeah. <laughs> they haven't it's even like, played Combat Evolved yet, motherfuckers. It's, it's, it, yeah.
0: I uh, Just imagine Vadam just sitting
1: there like, all right, what do you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> just imagine Vadam being like, first the earth cooled, and then the dinosaurs came. But they got too big and fat, and so they all died and turned into oil. <laughs>
0: Uh, sit in my lap, little boy. I'm going to tell you about the history
1: of the world. <laughs> I like movies with gladiators in them. Uh, <laughs> um.
0: So yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Vadam and Hor the H- Vidam and Horvath Christmas special. <laughs> yeah.
1: We've got, oh my gosh. Oh Vadam my gosh. Vadam and Horvath
0: explain Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> In broken English. <laughs> um, so uh, she, uh, she's like attempts to kill Vadam and then the Oath Warden has like basically Boba Fett tricks at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where
0: he just like he has like a he has like a thing in his wrist that he just holds up and sprays in her face. Yeah, uh, and it's a drug that it, it, it's like a truth serum drug that he yeah. sprayed in her face. <laughs> um, yeah, Oath, it, he's basically a bounty hunter he for all really intents is. and purposes. He's basically At, like a Boba Fett type character,
1: and it's hilarious because <laughs> Phasma's like, "What? What did you do?" And The Keeper's like, basically, he's like, he's like, what? What? What have I done? What? What's wrong? What have I done?" She's still sorry, alive. She's I didn't fine. Kill her. I kept the peace.
0: I kept the peace. And yeah. she's still, she's going to talk more now. Yeah. And, and Vidam's like, You drugged her? Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, Well, you know, you, you didn't want me to kill her. So um, she'll talk now. Yeah. And Vidam's like, Ugh. What? <laughs> he hates it he hates the fact that he did this but he's like well i'm not gonna let this go to waste but
1: that's just um, it it's like this really great like i hate that he's right kind of moment he's like yeah, yeah this is probably gonna help
0: so vedam's <laughs> like all right tell us what you know and and the oath like uh uh oath warden oath warden i did it too i did it too <laughs> the warden's like nope don't say anything just watch and it's like whatever the drug is it makes her want to talk so it's cocaine
1: yeah yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> it's
0: good cocaine yeah she just <laughs> wants to tell him everything she's like it's mm. like he's uh, not uh, she's not going to be re- able to resist talking
1: no <laughs> she's she going to say something so just wait like, for it she's like okay uh,
0: the thing you saw that's uh, that's called a runner and uh you're you're near the citadel and then you're gonna want to take cover because uh, ship shit starts falling out of the sky. Yeah. Um, he's like there's a drop ship uh, but it's not it's not coming down pretty as <laughs> 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 yeah, so we'll find out in the next chapter. Um, so yeah, everybody has to take cover and we're in chapter eight. yes. Uh, back up on the UNSC ship, they're hovering over the same tell that Keeley has identified as the most likely location. Everybody basically is coming in. We're, it's yeah. going to be a meeting of the minds here. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. Everybody's partying. Um, And it's like what's funny is like it took it didn't take them any time at all because they have Keeley. Keeley's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like the It took them like a week to figure it out, like with topographical scans and all that stuff to figure out where to land. Um, (laughs) So uh, Keeley's identified as the most likely location. Keeley and Vale are discussing how they're going to get down there and uh, how they're going to convince the Sangheili that they have claim over the dig and Vale's like, well, I could try to say that it's a human planet because we humans like the only time it's been settled recently. were humans. Yeah. And Keeley's like, yeah, I'm sure that'll work. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'm sure they'll go.
1: They'll go right for for that. that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That'll be fine. Um,
0: But they do have a full unit of ODSTs to help them with the dig. And I'm sure glad we got those ODSTs.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going
0: to be great. Right. They're They're going to save the day. Yeah. I wonder why we're not meeting of them any of them right now. Huh. Um, suddenly, the camera of the ship passes over the tell while Olympia is looking at the the monitor, and she has a hallucination, sort of I guess, of life and the creation of the universe and stars, and she's feel it feels like she's there for looking at it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and then it stops. And when the camera moves past that spot, so, uh, she's like, uh, Um, and then Fuertes is like, you saw it too, right? I thought it was another one of my seizures.
1: Yeah. 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 I love it. I was like, oh, okay. So that was, okay. That wasn't just me. (laughs) No, the mind knife. No, we all see it. We all saw it. It yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Vale notices a bunch of contacts on the ground, seemingly fleeing the area. So I, I think in in this moment, what they're seeing is like the chase between the Sangheely and the marooned humans and all mm-hmm. that. Like shit's just going back and forth. Yeah. Um so she hops onto the nose camera and to take a look, and the camera again catches that spot on the tell. And the uh the universe. Uh, starts happening again all at once
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the best way of putting it the universe starts happening
0: <laughs> the universe starts happening yeah and that's that's literally what happens in the book she's like she's like in a mo- in an instant she sees everything like the life of the of the, the entire lifespan of the universe happens in her eyes in this moment. But this time it also happens to fry the ship's electronics. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and the ship starts falling through the atmosphere. Um, as they get down, the pilot is able to stabilize the ship before they crash, like 45 meters before they hit the ground. Uh-huh. Uh, the pilot is able to stabilize and pull back up. And the pilot's like, Yeah, I guess so we're done here, right? And Vale's like, No, we found our, our insertion point. And the pilot's like, inserting with what? Yeah, ma'am and she, she the ODSTs are gone and she's yeah. like what do you mean and he's like look and the o, the thing that's carrying the ODSTs was just like vaporized yeah just, the ODSTs are just gone yeah just they they <laughs> they, they,
1: they have ceased to be <laughs> it's yeah yeah i wonder i was yeah i and i did seriously think well what, i love the ODSTs i wonder why we haven't Gotten to know any of them. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I thought that we is, would give a few of them names. Oh, okay. So, so
0: far, <laughs> just if anybody's keeping uh, track of casualties, uh, that was seven of Vadam's people were killed by the marooned humans, and 40 ODSTs <laughs> were killed by the birth
1: of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By space baby, by space baby, yeah, it just, just reaches out and slaps them out of existence.
0: Um, and Vale's like, "Well, we're gonna land anyway because I think I, I think we found what we're looking for." Yeah, think, okay. And, and that's where we're leaving it for today's episode. Oh my so god! So Phil, you've already—I mean, you've already said you like the book, but like, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts so far?
1: I. This is great writing. It's great writing. It's uh, you know, where Kelly Gay uh took us with the Rubicon Protocol uh took us into this super gritty war story. Gritty, yeah, nom kind of like experience. Uh. It's just as you said, you know. Uh, Troy here is getting us into um, political thriller and espionage, and and uh, you know the tension is really high. The stakes are high. It's uh, it's very much a what was the, which one was the, uh, the Star Wars movie that was based on getting the the plans oh, of Rogue the, One. It's it a feels- very Rogue One kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, and he's got a lot of characters in here, but he has kept up with them very, very well. I love it. I'm really enjoying it so far.
0: Yeah, all the characters are are pretty well fleshed out. Um, yeah. uh, and I think he does an amazing job of explaining things as, as we're on the run um, in a way that, like, I am not a Halo game, you know, fanatic. I've sure. played... The first one, and I think I played and beaten the first one and Reach. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it for me. And I um, think that's
1: it for me as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, I, I I think he does a really good job explaining what you need to know about each of these characters and how they kind of fit in with the Halo wider Halo universe. Yeah, uh, as we're going. Uh, but yeah, I love the tension. Every chapter has something in it that's just weird and tense, and and even the uh, the chapter with where we introduce Olympia Vale, um, there was like a moment of tension with the driver. Like she thought the driver was throwing a grenade at her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a
1: second. <laughs> it's these little details that she, didn't. She's have worried to be it was there. a hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just keeps you on edge at all times. It's great. It's great. <sighs>
0: um, and you know, everything is like everything is so tense because like you you can't you know, uh what's it? Uh the, the arbiter, like he's off world right now. He's not supposed to be off world. Right. Like like Cortana's for, forbidden it from from you know uh traveling without like notifying her staff or whatever one of the AIs yeah. um so yeah uh that's that's uh I really like it yeah. I like uh I like all the the stuff I like that it's from a lot of it has been from the point of view of uh who is who uh is kind of like He's kind of like the 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 master chief of
1: the covenant in a yeah. way. Yeah, I remember when you texted me about that, and I hadn't thought about it like that. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, uh, you're totally right.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like in a way, yeah, because he was like he was the one who he was the one who gave the the order to Glass Reach, for example. Yep. Uh, he was the one that chased them to to uh, the first Halo. Um, if I'm wrong on that lore, I think I, I think that's right though. Um, I think you're
1: right. Yeah, he's just a very he's he he and Master Chief are both responsible for countless numbers of deaths on the other side. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> they are they are both <laughs> genocidal maniacs, and we're pulling for him. We're pulling for him. Belvadom <laughs> at one point mentions
0: that he's killed 1000000000s billi- He's responsible for the death of billions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, um he's on the good guys now. So you uh, yeah, he's, really- he's, he's
1: he's he's so weirdly reasonable. Like he isn't right. this he isn't this lost cause kind of guy. Like when he's very patient with the the humans who don't know the war is over and like he doesn't want to hurt them and he's very insistent on like we were following a lie and and now it's over and we are allies now and, uh, and, he, and it's just like wow like that's <laughs> He was yes, a very yes. pragmatic and
0: understanding character. I
1: killed entire planets of your people, but that's behind us now. That's all behind us now. It is kind of <laughs> conflicting, isn't it? It's it just is like, a little bit because, like, in
0: any other setting, you'd be like, well, you know, war crimes. Right, um, right, exactly. Were, we're, we're committed, fell. Jeez. Um, huh. But- <laughs> Like the glassing that was totally optional on your guys' uh, part. Yeah, you yeah. Have I have to understand why <laughs> <laughs> war is war. Upset.
1: Genocide is genocide, my friend. Yeah, it's, so yeah. <laughs>
0: still, you li- still, I like him. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I can't help it. It's so weird. Despite despite that that disconnect on what he's done and where his character <laughs> is now, um, it's so, so strange. Yeah, no, it, it is strange. Um, you know what else is strange?
1: What's that? What are you playing? Oh, oh, okay. Well, um, so I played Aliens: Dark Descent again. Uh, <laughs> I, again, I finished it again uh, because I got an itch. Uh, it's, it's. I gotta say, man, it's one of the fastest times I've gotten an itch for a game after I'd finished it. Uh, they have indeed cleaned it up quite a bit. Okay, uh, there are there were fewer. Uh, if any game breaking issues that I ran into, there's still, there's still some middling kind of like indie, uh, uh, jank, uh, right. but it's focused. So you're just going to deal with that. And that's just, that's always going to be there. And this is such a, um, what's the word they're, they're trying for something big, uh, Ambitious. Mm. It's an ambitious ambitious. ambition. Yeah, Yeah, like to to follow that XCOM format into the real time strategy format, uh, the way that they did is such an ambitious move uh, and frankly, when you look at XCOM two and and you know the more recent XComs, they are filled with even more bugs uh, than this game is. So I I, I was right. frustrated before, but I've, I'm I'm I've, I think I've gotten over it for the most part. It really right. is just a, a solid game. Uh, I wasn't thrilled with the way it came out initially, and I still think that fucking games need to come out in a in a finished. Right, in uh, a finished s- a state, um, but now that it's now that it's done, I'm willing to forgive and forget because I, I really did love it both times. Good. Um, and then I also finished Pokemon Arceus. Okay, uh, only the second Pokemon game I've ever played. Uh, very different from all the other Pokemon's because it's kind of like this weird open world, uh, yeah. almost action RPG kind of thing. Uh. I I was I enjoyed my time, but I noticed that I beat it without realizing I beat it. So that might have something. <laughs> I was literally sitting there one afternoon with my wife, and we were just having some lunch and dicking around, and, and I was playing on my 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 uh, Switch, and I doing some boss battle, and I finished the boss battle, and I put the Switch down to go refill my drink or something like that. And when I got back, the credits were rolling. And I went, oh shit, I beat the game. No. <laughs> so okay. So yeah, I, I I mean, I think that'll probably keep me satisfied uh, with Pokemon for another 10 years, because the last one I played was about 10 years ago. Right, yeah. So I think we're good. Um, yeah. And in a more recent uh, thing, I, I, I played a little bit of Gravity Circuit. Okay. Now, Gravity Circuit is kind of this. If you look at it, and you're like, "Oh, this is Mega Man," uh, and there's no question. They're they're trying to do <laughs> they're trying to do a Mega Man X kind of thing with a little right. bionic commando thrown in, which had me intrigued. Right. Um, it's fun. It's goofy. I'm not gonna play any more of it. Uh, it, <laughs> just, I just I I found that I was just kind of exhausted already by the first yeah, level. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know if it was the mood I was in or what, but like, if you guys like the sound of a new uh, Mega Man X style game or something. It it looks beautiful. The music's great. Uh, the controls were... I didn't care for the controls, but you could totally remap them. Uh, so there's no... that's There's no excuse there. Um, I just feel like... I think the more most interesting thing about it is instead of... Or at least up to the point that I was playing, instead of it being a shooty kind of thing, you're actually a melee robot. So you're uh, okay. beating them up. And that's kind of cool, but I found that after... Isn't a, it is? It's not your bag. It just it just didn't keep me. I wasn't. Go, I was like, I'm not gonna finish this. Uh, uh, so I, I, I. But but if that sounds interesting, it it looks very cool. It looks like someone would really really enjoy it. So that's Gravity Circuit. All right. uh, what about you, Kevin? What do you play this week?
0: Let's see. Let's open up my Steam. <laughs> um, did I talk about the? Uh, I think I did. I played I played a bit of Trepang too. Um, I think I talked about that did last you? week. Um, I might have. If not, it's a it's a shooter. Um, it's a first-person shooter, very, very gory. Um, oh, okay. A lot of fun. It's actually um it's like how, how do I put this? It's it's like you're John Wick with some superpowers. Okay. Um, and you can go into bullet time and you can make yourself invisible, and it's a lot of fun. Um th- almost all the time. Like you'll be fighting in a dark area and like the enemy guys will like throw a flare. So everything is red already. And mm-hmm. then you're shooting these guys and they're blowing up. And it's just like, it just seems like this, this like smoky cloudy red room of blood and guts as, as you're tearing down these guys. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, that sounds cool. it's a high, fast pace. Um, and uh, and uh, a lot of fun. I haven't put a ton of time into it, but uh, I beat, like, the first level. Um, nice. Let's see. What else have I been playing? Uh, I have been playing some early access Baldur's Gate 3.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Let's let's have it. Let's have it. It's very good. <laughs> um, God damn it. <laughs> lie to me, Kevin. Lie.
0: It's, it's terrible. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> So the early access doesn't have you can't like go everywhere in the like you'll get to points of the map where it's like, whoa, they are partner that <laughs> you can't get past that point without an uh, early access. So you're just going to have to wait. Uh, okay. um, so, yeah, the basic setup of the game is that you were alien abducted by some um, some mind flayers. And you got a Mind Flayer Tadpole put into your eye, which is apparently how Mind Flayers reproduce. Yep. Um, They put the Tadpole in your eye, and after a few days, you become a Mind Flayer. Um, So that happens to your character, uh, and while you're on this Mind Flayer ship, they get attacked by... uh, What are they called? The kithic or something like that? Um, Oh, uh...
1: Kithik? Yeah. Let's see.
0: They're the ones, they're the dragon rider people that look like, they're like goblins, but sexier and taller.
1: Oh, I don't know. That I don't know. Uh,
0: dragon. Uh, hold on. I'm going to look this up. Dragon rider, uh, D&D, green skin. Uh, why am I not... Why am I not seeing? It? I don't want image search. I just want. I just want all. <laughs> just, just tell me things. Just tell me things. Um. Anyway, they're like these green. Uh. Oh, the the githyanki.
1: Oh githyank. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're like sexy goblins. Um. <laughs> at least in this goblins. one, they're made to. They they're made to look. Uh, a little bit hotter than they do, and and sure. some of the official D and D art <laughs> where they're like more ghoulish looking. Because um, uh, there's like a there's like a githyanki who's like one of the main characters. Nice. Um, anyway, um, yeah, they are uh, the githyanki attack the mind flayer ship, and it goes down, and it goes down hard. Uh, it crash lands, and basically you're out now. You're you're just you've landed the ship has crashed uh and you're just by yourself and you start wandering around and you start like finding other party members who were also people that were on the ship um so you like find a find a woman who is uh you find a cleric who is like banging on a door to a um to a, a church or something like that and she's like yeah i was on the ship you know you want to try to figure this out together all right mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun, um, and it has real time mode and turn based mode. Um, anytime like a trap uh, like a trap op- like activates, it goes into turn based mode, so you can like react to it. And the first time this happened to me, I was like. Why is it in turn-based mode? There's no enemies. Go back to real-time mode. And I, click, <laughs> I, I switched back to real-time mode, and then the room got set on fire,
1: like, and oh, I died. And like, I oh. see. They're
0: giving me a chance to like react to the fact that they <laughs> really it's... didn't want
1: you to die. Uh, but okay. <laughs>
0: so it's a lot of fun, uh, hard as balls. Okay. Um, especially when you're starting out your character as a level one. Uh, you're a le- just a level one with ten hit points. You run that's into crazy. like literally anybody, like just literally anybody with like a level that's like level three. You like you'll find a, a group of of uh, people like treasure uh, treasure hunters yeah. in this one part, and they're all like level three. Oh, for and shit. there's like there's like ten of them, and there's two of you, and it's like oh. Okay, oh. yeah, I'm not supposed to fight these people right now. No.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna turn around and oh, I've been caught.
0: <laughs> I I am dead. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I I like it. I'm I'm really looking forward to its final release, which actually will be it's already out probably when this episode comes out.
1: Okay. I was um, about to say it's soon. It's
0: it's uh, next as of recording, it's next week. Um, but it'll be ha- it'll have been the week before this episode. Um, The prior week, I think. I think it's August 3rd. Nice. Um, So, yeah. Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, What else? More fear and hunger because I hate myself. Uh, I mean, Um, yeah.
1: That's, yeah. That goes without saying.
0: um, And I'm looking forward to Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Because some of the gameplay on that just looks fantastic. So much fun.
1: That looks really cool. It looks really <laughs> cool. I'm frustrated with how cool it looks.
0: <laughs> you're in a mech,
1: Phil. I know. And you're flying around and shooting uh, things. I just, I know that that game isn't for me. I just know it's not for me. And, <laughs> and, but it looks cool. And I just know I'm going to buy it. Uh, I just, I'm nervous. Ripley, for God's sake. This will just open the door
0: for you to getting into like painting Gundams.
1: I mean, I do I do have Gundams, so <laughs> I don't I don't I don't watch any of the anime or read them. I just like putting to I, I like the idea of building action figures. I really sure. enjoy that. Um, sure. so and I just happen to enjoy their design, so I just buy them without thought of anything about their background. I just put them together. It's it's super fun. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, but that's that's what I've been playing, and uh, that's where we'll leave it for tonight, everybody. Um, so if you
1: can follow us on uh, Threads, um, yes, <laughs> yes, we are fix. officially on Threads, and we have put up the uh, outfishing sign on the on, on, the horrible on blues, X. blue bluebird <laughs> on, on, on the X. Oh God! So Don't, come no, find us on what, Threads. Do you not
0: know what X is? Do you not know what uh, do? Oh, I know I know it's going
1: to give it to me. It's um, going to give it to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's whether you like it or not. Whether uh, you like it or not. So, The yeah. dumbest
0: thing ever, sorry, Elon no. Musk is is so fucking silly. What is Twitter was probably the the best thing about Twitter was the its branding. Like you knew what Twitter what everybody knew what Twitter was. Yeah. And now it's X.
1: It, it, you were fine it's just he, he's not it's like it's kind of like he was like okay alright I'm losing 44 billion dollars so let's just say fuck it and, and let's set make off it some spicy. fireworks let's- yeah just <laughs> all the way into the ground yeah uh, it's such a shame it's such a now, shame.
0: and I—I I mean, I don't have high hopes for threads either. No, uh, to no. be honest. But we're there, I guess. We're there for now. We're there until, uh, until we can get an notice. invite to,
1: to Blue Sky, basically. To Blue
0: Sky. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm also—I also have us over on Ma- on Mastodon. If you're yes. you're a dork who enjoys that, uh, go to uh, at pixel at bookstadoncom That is our Mastodon uh, account, and you can follow us there. Um, otherwise go to our website that's our website and our patreon and our discord are probably the safest bets if you want to know what's going on and what we're up to go to our website pixelitpod.com you can sign up for our newsletter uh go to patreon.com slash pixelitpod where you can follow us there or you can throw us throw us some money um or go to our Discord. Discord. The uh, the link to which is you can get there um, through our website, or if you're a patron, you'll get automatically slid right into the Discord as well. Um, so yeah, go there, follow us there. Uh, that's that's the best places to to keep in touch with us. Um, and that'll do it. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.